My favourite thing about the Forest of Dean is... The trees and the fact nobody really knows where we are. The wild boar. I know a lot of people love them, but I hate them. I have seen a couple of wild boars, but I have also run over a stag in my mini. I know what a fern ticket is. No, I'm not telling you what a fern ticket is, but I have got one. <laughs> <laughs> Local slang. Obistoba. Obistoba. How are you, my friend? The worst thing? Outsiders. Mark Steele's in town. <laughs> Thank you very much, lovely, slightly peculiar people. <laughs> Thank you so much, and welcome to Mark Stills in Town, coming this week from the Speech House in the Forest of Dean. And <laughs> an area known for its skyscrapers and its <laughs> multi-storey car parks and a place in which everyone across the whole area agrees on the issue of what to do with wild pigs. <laughs> The thing that struck me when I came here is how normal the conversations are that you have with strangers. Uh, for example, I went to the Dean Heritage Centre and a bloke came up to me and this is what he said, I live off roadkill. <laughs> and uh, one day I saw a dead stag. I went back with a medieval bone saw and chopped off his antlers, got 30 quid for them on eBay. <laughs> Even before that, I stopped in Cinderford and I asked someone in a cafe... <laughs> I mean, I, I don't have to make this up, honestly. I asked someone in a cafe if there was a bookshop in town. And... <laughs> and that's very similar to what he said. He went, ha, 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 Bookshop? Ain't no bookshop between here and Monmouth. <laughs> and I've never heard anyone so proud. <laughs> So this is a proper forest, because you get so lost here in miles and miles of trees and you go round in circles and go, there's the Clearwell Caves again. We, <laughs> we came past here an hour ago. So you stop and ask someone, how do I get out of the forest? And they go, out. <laughs> there ain't no such place as out. <laughs> Someone who lives here, I won't give their name, sent me a message on Twitter saying, one of our tricks is to turn the signpost around to confuse outsiders. <laughs> do you do that? Yes. One charming feature that you ask anyone in from here, where is the Forest of Dean, they'll politely tell you where it isn't. I had a, I had a few conversations. Uh, you know, where exactly would you say it is? Well, we're not Welsh. We're not Bristol, we're not the Cotswolds. I had a drink with someone here about once every 20 minutes out of nowhere, he'd say, we're not Welsh, we're not English, we're foresters. <laughs> I've got a book there about the forest that gives some idea of where you are. It's written in forest dialect, and, uh, and it goes something like this. If they look west, they can see Welsh mountains, and if they turn around and look due east, they can't. So you're foresters, and you stick together like foresters. In particular, you're very, very fond of the sheep badgers. Because um, <laughs> one of the medieval rules here is that foresters are allowed to keep sheep and be a sheep badger, which means they can take them across common land. So these kindly people bring their sheep <laughs> through your land, and you love the sheep badgers. 
Some people complain that the sheep then mess on public paths and the gardens, and it is perfectly reasonable, I think, to complain about sheep mess in your neighbourhood if you live in a penthouse in Manhattan. <laughs> but this is the Forest of Bloody Dean. <laughs> How many people are there going, you never guess what I saw in the middle of a forest in the most rural part of England, 80 miles from the nearest Primark in a region that retains, <laughs> retains feudal farming laws, only a bloody sheep? <laughs> See, these are the things, there's all sorts of things that only make sense to you. I noticed a place that you can go to for four pounds called the Secret Forest. Now, what idiot goes in there? <laughs> Today, for a change, why don't we go and look at some trees? <laughs> I looked at the Secret Forest website, right? It says the Secret Forest is only 200 yards from Clearwell Caves. It should say the Secret Forest is only 100 yards from the actual non-secret forest. <laughs> which is free! <laughs> and is everywhere! <laughs> also, near here, you have an arboretum. <laughs> Do you even try to get away with it? <laughs> oh, we had a lovely day in the Forest of Dean. We paid to see some trees. Then we bought a ticket for World of Leaves. <laughs> and for 30 quid, we went to the Twig Experience. <laughs> the Forest of Dean book says, all those born outside the forest are regarded as foreigners. <laughs> And there are strict rules about this. The book tells us Lydney tried to remain apart from the forest, which may be the trouble with itself. It's... <laughs> as, it, as it is in no way striking and therefore need not detain us long. <laughs> this is a book, a book promoting the forest. <laughs> so is Lydney part of the forest? No! no. no. I, I'm just going to... Oh, this is uh, Leanne. So you're, you're proper forest. What's Lydney then? Well, Lydney is half forest and half not. So if you you've got you've got the A48, so Primrose Hill, where I live, that is forest. But if you go up Tutnos, not forest. <laughs> I know there's some road there's some roads where it's forest one side and not forest the other side. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. And then do they not talk? I don't talk to them the other side of the road. <laughs> No, we, we just sort of, like, give them a side-eye. <laughs> <laughs> so, Lydney gets some attention, but the real love around here is for Cinderford. Uh, <laughs> when, I, uh, when I first got here, someone mentioned Cinderford, and I said, oh, I went to Cinderford briefly, and they said, that's long enough. <laughs> Uh, I saw this in a book I've got there called Chewing the Cud by a Forester. To describe the people of Cinderford as thick as two short planks would be an insult to carpentry. <laughs> There's another one, it says, in Cinderford it is common for people to walk in the road while sheep walk on the pavement. <laughs> that can't be true. Who's in from Cinderford? Yeah. Uh, oh, the Mayor of Cinderford! <laughs> Esteemed, distinguished guest, and you are, sir. My name's Roger Sturry, and I'm the mayor of Sinford. <laughs> Do you enjoy this then, being the, the place that they abuse? I think it all stems from jealousy. <laughs> <laughs> We're the only town in the forest surrounded by woodland on all sides. 
Oh, all the rest. Forest. That's why they can't get out. Where? <laughs> oh, well, I'm glad to have come here to sow unity between you. <laughs> Thanks very much, Bill. There's, a, there's clearly a charming rivalry between the different parts of the forest, such as the playful tradition going back to the late 1800s of popping up to Rodine, slipping up into a pub, <laughs> such as the malt shovel, and shouting, Who killed the bears? And then the people of Rodine join in the fun by chasing you down the road with a chainsaw. <laughs> So it's hard enough getting out of the forest as it is. I'm not going to make it more complicated by raising that issue again at all. <laughs> but even without that, you've got a whole separate world down here with an independent set of rules. You've got your own legal system. And one of the, <laughs> one of the local regulations that you're very proud of is the entitlement of the fern ticket. <laughs> uh, everyone knows what a fern ticket is. Uh, Fern ticket, I'm told, is an imaginary pass that allows a couple to make use of all your trees by finding a spot in the forest to be amorous. Uh, <laughs> now, at first, I thought, oh, that's a slightly saucy phrase, a little bit sweet, that they quietly whisper to each other. And then I saw that one of your oldest, most prominent pubs is called the Fern Ticket. <laughs> I've, I've not seen the pub sign. I presume it's some bloke's arse sticking out from behind a beech tree. <laughs> Do you actually get a ticket, like, at the deli section of Sainsbury's? <laughs> oh, there's five waiting before us. Shall we not bother? <laughs> I'm not waiting in that queue. You'll just have to toss me off in the garden centre. <laughs> Do you get a loyalty card? Do you get a loyalty card that gets stamped, like, in coffee shops? <laughs> you get five goes and then you get a free one. <laughs> yeah, and we did that. <laughs> said to me before I come in here, do you know what? Some of them, they'll be laughing at the previous joke. <laughs> I think it's true! It's true! <laughs> here, if you're really lucky, do you get a golden fern ticket that allows you to do it in the secret forest? <laughs> so, Leon, is your dad? Oh, is your, have we got Leon's dad there? Yeah. And so, so you are... Terry. Terry. Now, how did the fern ticket come about then, Terry? How did you... I don't know how it came about, but I acquired one back in the... In the sixth day. <laughs> well, say this, it's just like a business card, it was. Some <laughs> always carried it in your wallet, didn't you? Yeah. You never know, knew when you needed it, like, you know. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> and you wouldn't be caught without it anyway. No. <laughs> so just Leanne is your daughter and sat next to you here in in this. I've known all the way through my life that my dad was a bit of a boy in Cinderford, <laughs> and because his mum and dad used to have the Swan, which is now the Fern Ticket Inn. So. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but in recent years, there's been an addition to the environment because, as well as your sheep and deer, now you enjoy the company of wild boar. <laughs> and, um... The forest is full of wild boar. According to one source, the boar escaped from a wild boar farm in 1999 and are of pure Eastern European origin. <laughs> is it any wonder people voted for Brexit? <laughs> All the sheep round here going, well, I mean, these boar come over, they dig up the gardens for half the price, our flock can't get work. <laughs> uh, 
There was a report commissioned to study the bore, which interviewed people who have been attacked by them. At one point, it says, in 18% of the attacks, people were accompanied by an animal. Dogs, horses, pigs, oxen or camels. <laughs> camels! <laughs> And the survey also analysed all traffic collisions with the boar, dividing the forest into 14 regions. And which area had the most accidents with the pig? Cinderford, of course. <laughs> the Sun reported about the boar. The usually shy creatures have apparently become educated and learnt how to smash through fences to reach bins and tip them over so they can rummage inside. This is a worry if the boar are becoming educated. And credit to him, it shows a dedication from the boars, because there are no bookshops between Cinderford and Monmouth. <laughs> the boars must be. <laughs> the boars are going on Amazon. <laughs> some of you want them cold. This is the, the people there are clearly some of them want them, but this isn't easy. Someone told me. See, there are rules for shooting in the forest, because there are always people in there shagging. <laughs> So when you're cashing in your fern ticket, not only are you enjoying yourself, you're campaigning for animal rights. <laughs> so, I don't know, I'm going to find out what side are you on. Are you, are you on the edge of civil war here? Who's a fan of the boars? Yeah! Oh, right, and who doesn't like the boars? Yeah! Oh, marvellous. Flick down the middle. 52%, 48%. <laughs> You almost have your own language here. Dennis Potter, the playwright from The Forest, said, so broad is the accent, I doubt whether outsiders grasp two-thirds of what is said. Uh, for example, old foresters called everyone, but going is Gwain, and instead of you are, you bist. So this is an account that I read of two men at their friend's funeral. They were talking about the man just buried, and the conversation went, how old him be, old but? Him be 84. How old bist thee? Eight, three and a half. Hardly worth going home, is it? <laughs> Terry, we was talking earlier about some of these words, like you bist, that's a German word. Where, do you know where that comes from? Or? Well, from the forest, wasn't it? <laughs> you think the Germans nicked it off you? Yeah, that's right, yeah. All right. No best, no be. So the old foresters go, I met old Tom from over a while ago, him young at me, he's the Ein Schwein in sein Garten. <laughs> oink, oink, all over his grass, him shout, Bist thee going back to forest, or bist thee fancy, I'm the Blitzkrieg! <laughs> it's, it's a separate country here. Uh, this was also where J.K. Rowling lived for a while and where some Harry Potter stories were set and an episode of Doctor Who was filmed here, and one episode of Streets of San Francisco. <laughs> but the researcher was sacked. The, uh... <laughs> the tourist website says, the Forest of Dean is believed to have connections with author Tolkien. Some believe that the time he spent at Lydney Park Estate gave him the inspiration for the Lord of the Rings trilogy. And this must make you the only area in Britain that inspires a book and then prides itself in having nowhere you can buy it. <laughs> <laughs> 
One major writer, however, was definitely inspired by the forest. Uh, many of Dennis Potter's most celebrated plays revolve around the forest. Uh, in The Singing Detective, Philip Marlowe was in hospital hallucinating that everybody was singing and recalling the time that he caught his mum cheating on his dad in the forest. And when I first watched this, I thought that the sex scene in a bush represented a traumatic <laughs> experience for a young boy, but now I realise it was just a normal afternoon. <laughs> And see, he was a true forester, Dennis Potter. He knew there was no point in writing something and putting it in a book. So, it... <laughs> <laughs> it would have to be on television. Uh, I'm not sure everybody here is aware of just how independent you are. You literally have your own laws. From the 1300s, there have been verderers elected by the property owners of the forest, and they acted as rulers, but also as judges. And the place where they did that was here, in the speech house, because this place is historically, as well as physically, the centre of the Forest of Dean. It was built as a hunting lodge and then became the courtroom where the verderers sat, in the next room there, on those chairs that you can see. And now it's a hotel and a restaurant. And one person here told me excitedly, this room is where the verderers sentence people to be hanged. And now the website says, visit verderers, our fine dining a la carte restaurant. <laughs> there just aren't enough restaurants around with a hanging theme. <laughs> Now, we are privileged because Peter, who runs the Speech House, is with us. Peter, so it's a big attraction, then, the Speech House history. Well, yeah, it's definitely an historic um, building, and it is certainly the only uh, hotel restaurant in the UK that can dine in a working court. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing that there aren't more court <laughs> hotels. You try getting a couple of nights bed and breakfast at the Old Bailey during a murder trial. <laughs> They're just too snotty. <laughs> oh, so one of the rooms here has a certain extra facility that you wouldn't normally get in your travel. Yeah, they'd either hang them, transport them or flog them. And in one of our bedrooms, we have a whipping post. Yeah. And, and for a discreet fee, we have the accoutrements to go with it. <laughs> general, they don't allow advertising on Radio 4, but I'm sure they'll let that pass. <laughs> Thank you very much, Peter. Thank you, Mark. Thanks. Do you know who the Verderers are? Yeah. yeah. Tobamori, Orinoco. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to ask you this. This is somewhere I come across yesterday. Are you familiar with Aunt Martha's Tea Rooms? This is a Victorian cafe on the road out of Little Dean and the owner dresses in Victorian clothes and all the staff are told that they have to act Victorian at all times. Now, anywhere else it would seem peculiar, but here you think, yeah, yeah, that is more likely than a cafe that just does egg on toast, yeah. And then Aunt Martha comes and talks to you at the table for hours in a Victorian stuff about how everything has to be Victorian and she just lectures you while you're sat there. Well, of course, the bread is rustic according to a recipe from 1863, but we don't permit blueberries as they weren't introduced here from America until the 1930s. Now, in a moment, my husband will test your knowledge of the Latin names for plants and <laughs> if you get one wrong, then, of course, he'll birch you. I'm afraid we're one short of staff at the moment as she became pregnant and we sent her to a mental asylum in Belgium. <laughs> How's the pumpkin soup, dear? <laughs>
At every point in this amazing landscape that you have here, you just love to surprise. There must be families that come to visit, and during their holiday, they say, come on, children, we've got a special treat today. There's a lovely little museum at Little Dean Jail. <laughs> Love a museum, even if they're sometimes a tad underwhelming. But in all the shows I've done, unless there's one I've forgotten, I've not been to a museum where they tell you proudly, we've got Fred West's shovel. <laughs> and this turns out to be the most light-hearted exhibit they've got. Because the Little Dean Museum in the old prison is a collection of random items that are just horrible. There's, <laughs> there's a documentary about it that you can see on Netflix that shows some of the displays, such as toy soldiers that he's just dressed as Nazis, doing appalling things in a concentration cap. And I confess, my favourite line in the documentary is where Andy, who runs the museum, justifies this by saying, yeah, but that really happened. And then the interviewer says, well, I'm not sure that happened, and points to a Michael Jackson doll in the concentration cap. <laughs> then you wouldn't expect to only have a normal museum here. There is the Heritage Centre, which is lovely, but even that was where I met the bloke who said he sawed off the antlers. Is Alex here? Yeah. Hello, mate. <laughs> You're looking fit. You've been finding plenty of badges and stuff. Plenty to eat around. you just got to have a look. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um... <laughs> You do all sorts of things in the centre as well, don't you? You do dress up as... I dress up as an Anglo-Saxon and teach kids and stuff. Yeah. Well, I think... <laughs> that makes you less peculiar than most people here, cos <laughs> most people just dress up as Anglo-Saxons without even having an excuse. <laughs> but that's pretty much all the controversy that there is in the forest, really. It's generally a peaceful place amongst glistening forestry that makes you feel alive with the changing seasons, every atom of your environment transformed on an almost daily basis from rustic cushions of compliant leaves to frosty winter bracken. But what we really want to know is who killed the bears. <laughs> I have a book there called Who Killed the Bears? And the opening line says, for over 90 years, the ancient village of Roardine in the Forest of Dean has been under a cloud because, and this is the reason, in 1889, there were Frenchmen who toured the forest entertaining foresters with their performing dancing bears. And one afternoon, they went to Cinderford. And after the show, they walked with the bears to Roardine for an evening performance. But a false rumour went round Cinderford that the bears had attacked a child. So gangs from Cinderford went after the bears and the Frenchmen, and they caught them at Roardine. And the gang attacked the Frenchmen and killed the bears. Fourteen people from Cinderford were arrested, but for some reason, over the years, the people of Roardine have got the blame for it. <laughs> Why did Roardine get the blame? Because it all looks as if it was Cinderford people who did it. Yes. But this is the thing, Roardine. You should say you did kill the bears. Look at the fuss the rest of the place makes about a couple of sheep. <laughs> if those bears had started breeding, you'd have about 2,000 of them now. <laughs> Never mind digging up your bluebells, you'd all be going, where's Grandma? Bears got her. <laughs> Even worse, these bears would be circus bears. They'd be nicking your bikes and cycling to... <laughs> They'd be cycling to Cheltenham and swapping them for honey. Uh, is Ian here from the tourist office? 
Hello, Ian. Ian, you work at the tourist office. Is it safe now, though, is it? Well, it's safe over Rudin. Yeah, if, you know, if well, the bears issue, is it? Well, we don't mention it. It's all secret. <laughs> uh, I'm going to help settle this outdated conflict. Let's forget about a 130-year-old incident and look at the charming side of Rodine. For example, it's where Horlicks was invented. Yes. Yeah, so you can be proud of that rather than going on about... sleep at night! Yeah. <laughs> Hello. To be fair, you really wouldn't want to drink something up there that makes you go to sleep, would you? <laughs> they see someone they don't like the look of, then prepare the milky drink. <laughs> and then we don't know where he went, officer. <laughs> Yeah, that is nine this month, so I don't miss it. It's meant to be peculiar here. You've got a marvellous mixture here of somewhere glorious and invigorating and deeply, deeply unsettling. <laughs> Once you've been here for a while, you realise people who live off roadkill and saw off antlers are amongst the most run-of-the-mill people. I mean... <laughs> So it's wonderful here because it's unpredictable. For example, in most areas, you know with tedious certainty that if you wander around for a couple of hours, you'll still be alive. I... <laughs> it's, it's hard to convey to somebody who doesn't know how magical it is here, but you're used to it. But if you're not, it's amazing to see this. Just trees in every direction, the night sky sprinkling stars by the millions across the darkness in a way that you never see through the congested city glimmer, and there's creatures flocking and burrowing all around, becoming increasingly educated with <laughs> half the population wanting them shot, medieval laws that exist nowhere else, everybody whispering if you're in Rardine, don't ask who killed the bears. It's, it's like The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe, directed by Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> independent state with your own laws and customs, you should be allowed to compete as a nation in the Olympics. And, <laughs> and have, a, have your own national anthem. <laughs> From each tree and bush and thicket, shout out Gloucester, you can stick it. <laughs> and like foresters of old, spend mornings using your fern ticket. <laughs> You've had an enormous impact on culture, giving us Dennis Potter and providing somewhere for Springwatch to hang around when they can't think of anywhere else to go. <laughs> and as a forest, you've been the setting for many, many fairy stories, so much that the Heritage Centre offers a forest fairy tale trail. So I will leave you, good people of Forest of Dean, with the charming story loved by children for so many years, the tale of the Forest of Dean that I'm sure many of you have said to your own children at Christmas. Once upon a time, deep in the forest, there were three educated little pigs. <laughs> One little pig looked out of the window and saw a big bad sheep badger. I have a good mind to write to the council. Achtung, said the pig. <laughs> but the sheep badger huffed and puffed and took his sheep into the living room where they sat on the pig settee. The second little pig lived in Cinderford. Lord knows why, heaven help him. <laughs> the third little pig went to market, all the way to Monmouth, to buy a book. <laughs> While he was out, a pretty little girl came in and stood on one side of the house. I don't like this bit of land, she said. It's too Welsh. <laughs> 
So she walked to the other side and said, and I don't like this bit of land, it's too English. And then she found somewhere in the middle, I love this bit of land, she said, it's not Welsh or English, but forest, it's just right. But she was followed indoors by three bears. <laughs> And then by an angry mob. But where they came from, no one will ever know. <laughs> and it's probably best we don't ask. Mark Steele's in town was written and performed by Mark Steele. With additional material by Pete Sinclair. It was produced in the Forest of Dean by Carl Cooper. It was a BBC Studios production. No, we're not Welsh. We're not English. We're foresters. <laughs>